Okay, welcome to a very special edition of the Pornhub podcast. Today is a very special episode for two reasons. One, our location. And two, our guest is Mark Spiegler. Hi. Hola. Thank you for joining us. No problem. So I doubt there's anywhere anyone out there that doesn't know who Spiegler is because I talk about him constantly. But he is my porno agent slash best friend. And um, yeah, and he is considered the best porn agent in the world. And I, I'm not just saying that because he's my agent. Like he truly, truly is considered the best by pretty much everyone. Um, and so the first reason I gave was the location is very special. We are actually driving to Vegas. Spiegler has on a headset. <laughs> he looks like a telemarketer. I'm speaking into a microphone and we are driving to Vegas for the AVN convention and award show. And this is kind of like something we do every year together, right? At yes, this point, except for the podcast part. Yeah, except for the podcast part. But at this point, I would say it's tradition that yes. we drive together. It's been about five, six years, yeah. About five or six years. And how how long have you represented me? It'll be eight years in March. Damn. So, yeah, that's very, very special. Do you, I, I want to like kind of go over our history first. Okay. Do you remember the first time you met me? I mean, I remember when I went out to dinner with you the first time. Are you kidding? That's I, your first memory yeah. of me? I mean, like, if we don't represent girls, I'll say hi and this and that, but I try not to really <laughs> talk to them much so people don't think we're trying to recruit them. So I've probably seen you places, but I never really talked to you, right? Yeah. Well, right. so I have many, many memories of you before that dinner. Oh, yeah. <laughs> So the first time we ever met was actually also the first time I ever met Dana Diarmond. And it was Oh, it at was at John Stagliano's house. But yes. I don't think we met. We did. Okay. We were introduced. And we had a brief conversation. Okay. So so by the time I met you, which was with Van Styles, and we went to um, John Stagliano's Fourth of July barbecue. And you were sitting at a table with like a bunch of Spiegler girls, including Dana and Roxy DeVille, and it was I say this all the time, but it felt very much like you guys were the popular table. And I was super intimidated. And before going to the barbecue, I remember Van telling me like, oh, Spiegler's gonna be there. He's kind of known as the agent who represents like the girls who do it all, right? And he definitely said, you have to do anal to be with him. <laughs> and like at that time I wasn't even thinking of doing anal and all your girls were like bragging about how much they can fit in their assholes and it was very intimidating and then I met you a bunch of other times through, over the years like at different award shows and all this so I definitely like knew you were the best and who you were and then I wrote you an email do you remember that? yes I do I have it on my phone can you tell me like the gist of what it said? um that uh, you've been in the business for two years, you think I'm the best, you want to know if I had a spot for you, uh, you just did your first two interracial scenes for Jules Jordan. <laughs> Which and, is such an outdated thing to say and, now. Uh, and that, um, that you heard that in order to be with us, you have to do anal, but to be honest, anal is not in your future. <laughs> it's true. And then two weeks later, I did yeah. my first anal scene. But... Okay, so you're known in the business, like you said just now, that you don't recruit girls. Correct. And there's always a waiting list. Correct. How many people are on that list right now? Uh, I mean, there's probably like 15, but like probably five real, you know, like real candidates. solid, yeah. And you turn down people every single day. Yeah, we turned down over 200 girls last year. So like what... What makes a Spiegler girl a Spiegler girl? Well, what I've looked for, you know, I, like a lot of them, you know, either or not, you know, they email me or whatever, not good looking or this or that. But, um, like, it, it depends how they approach me. If they email me, a well-written email is, is uh, you know, Goes a, a bonus. Mm -hmm. Then you want, you know, but what we're looking for girls, A, they got to be good looking. Uh, B... I want girls that are perverts, that they're doing it because they like what they're doing, not just, you know, 
fulfilling. To make money. Yeah. Right. Something I, else. See, I want girls who want to make a lot of money and make a career out of it, not just, you know, make some quick cash. Mm-hmm. And uh, D, you know, girls that are really smart. Because um, A, you know, I'm, uh, you know, I run basically the whole thing myself. And so, you know, smart girls like, you know, one smart girl is worth two dumb because, you know, you don't have Just to tell two? them everything. Yeah, well, I mean, you have to tell, give them all the info a bunch of times and make sure they know where they're going. But, you know, they can, they can take care of themselves. They're like, I uh, liken them to like fire and forget missiles. You tell them what to do, where to go, what they're doing. Boom, you don't have to worry about it. They go and do it. And so, I think you're so, like especially concerned with your reputation as yeah, an agent yeah, in we, this business. We, I tell them you, you got three basic jobs with Spiegel Girls. You know, uh, one is the sucking and fucking and then the, the other two are don't make me look bad and don't give me shit to worry about and so if they're smart that usually you know take care of the other the second two but, but how also do you know? but also well i talk to them usually once i get to a but like after talking to a girl like how do you know that she's going to fit that criteria well because be, until you send her on a mission you're not going to know if she that's can. not true because when you talk to them when you you know it's like i always say it's not the answer to the question it's the moment before the answer right so if you say to a girl hey you will do you do anal and they go no and then you go well will you ever do anal and they no then you know they probably will (laughs) but if it's like do you do anal no will you ever get no then maybe not and and or you give them the well what what if somebody offers you ten thousand dollars for anal and then no, then they probably will also. But if they go right away, like Roxy DeVille, she, nope. And and she never did. Right. She did a little girl, girl anal with, with Stormy Daniels, but that was it. Right. So, like, when you saw my email, what made you reply to well, me? Well, it was well written. I think there was only one Thank little you. mistake in it. Oh, my. And, um, embarrassing. and I kind of knew who you were. You were like, you know, You'd hear your name places. Not really, and, though. I, I know, was but still people, a no, but nobody. People, you know who people like. And mm. and when I say like, I don't mean necessarily just a good performer, but people like them. Like, they're, they're like, nice, and, and people like them. But also, that's another thing with me is um, when I said about being, like, smart, you know, if you take a hot girl and, and she's a good performer, to me, if they're smart, that, like, doubles the hotness. Mm-hmm. So, you know... That, that gives you a big leg up. And so, hence the, the well-written email. Let's like, also like Sasha Gray, the first email she wrote me when she was 18 years old was totally really well-written. And, and that gives you bonus points. So, you're known to have like a knack for finding the next big thing. Would you say that's the criteria for finding the next big thing? Or that's just the criteria for Which, well, what makes a being smart or, or Yeah, like, I mean, like, do you think that being hot, being smart, being able to write a, you know, a good email. Um, like, do you think that's, that equals success? And being a pervert. And being a pervert. Yes. Does that equal? Yeah. Okay. Because, because the, you know, them being a pervert, you know, and I've had girls that were kind of perverts, but didn't even know it yet. But, yeah. uh, being a pervert, you know, they'll bring out like the performance in them. I think I was like that when you signed me on, like I was in a, total pervert but I was really horny no and I've had girls before like Melanie Jagger who had never really done anything even like in her private life and then she uh, like she went to work for kink and this and that and I just really loved it so how do you know like how can you smell that well that I mean you gotta I wouldn't send them to kink right away obviously but like obviously you have like a sixth sense for who's gonna end up being a pervert yeah I mean I guess so you can go ahead and take that email. Oh, God. Okay, go ahead. Um, so, yeah. I'm getting text messages. Yeah. That's the thing with you. Like, anything I ever do with you, I know that it comes with a side note of you might have to step away for a phone call yeah. or a text. Because you always answer the phone. Yes. Like, even one time I called you and you answered in the shower. Yep. You text me at 4.45 in the morning with once with food, food poisoning. poisoning. I always answer it. It's true. So how how do you think, like, did I measure up? Yeah, you've done okay. (laughs) Like, how was I as a, or how am I as a client? I say was because I was with Wicked for so long and, like, 
Well, uh, earlier on you answered the phone a lot better. Now you have your phone on, uh, uh, you know, it doesn't ring, right? You just have the little light. Well, years and years of being on set has taught me to like, or get used to just keeping my phone on silent. But, uh, but I know, do call back right away. Yes. Or, or text. Though once in a while you miss the text. Yeah, that's true. But, uh, but you know, you've been around long enough, we'll cut you a little slack. You get like a little bit of slack for every year you're around. <laughs> I have noticed that. It's we true, definitely though. do get grandfathered into yes. different things. Like the rules that apply to like me or say Dana or Chanel or Aiden Starr, like, you know, Abella's not there yet. Not even close. Chloe Couture, not there yet. Not even closer. Not even close. They need to put in the time. Okay, so because we're driving to AVN, I have a bunch of like AVN-specific questions, and I have a lot of them actually. But before we get into them, I want to ask you some more like general stuff um, so people can really get to know you. Okay. And it's really important to me that people understand what a character you are and how interesting you are as a person. So there's a few like really strange facts about you that really I feel like I only know from just like having spent spending so much time with you um so I'm gonna name a few and then can you elaborate on them okay I'm gonna let you send that text first um go ahead oh I who are you writing to Riley Riley doing a podcast call me in an hour (laughs) okay okay so, um, strange fact number one, you only wear socks once a year. Yes, uh, unless there's a funeral. I usually wear, I only wear a suit and socks and actual shoes once a year to AVN. Why don't you wear socks? Uh, because uh, I, it's uncomfortable. And I think anybody who could get away without wearing, you know, socks, uh, you know, I wear usually every day I wear pair of jeans and a t-shirt and some tennis shoes or slip-ons and uh, i think anybody who would be able to get away with that would so it's a convenience thing yeah what do you mean you can well i don't have to get dressed up for anything pretty much right and uh you know like for x-biz i wear like a, a nicer shirt so you think like in your mind socks are formal wear i just don't need them i don't know i just i will say this most people, I think, wear socks, especially one of the reasons most people wear socks is because their feet will smell if they don't wear socks, right? Uh, That's I, a thing. Okay. That's for sure a thing. But you, <laughs> I've, first of all, I've cut your toenails a few times. Yes. And um, you have very nice, deceivingly nice feet. <laughs> and I'm not the only person to say this. Yep. Jesse Andrews will attest to this. A, a few people. Abella well, Danger, yeah. Abella Danger yeah. loves your feet. You have very soft, beautiful feet, and they do not smell at all. Maybe it's the no socks. I have no idea. Mm, I don't think it's the no socks. I think you can, like you said, get away with it. And then also, I mean, honestly, like, you know, I work a lot out of the house and stuff. A lot of times I have no shoes on. So, yeah. But that usually contributes to, like, cracked heels. And I would think it would be but less smelly feet. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Well, we haven't done the science yeah. on it, so. Okay, strange fact about Mark Spiegler number two. You don't put things in the fridge. In right. fact, you're kind of against it. Yeah. If Let I, me if give I, an example. Go ahead. If we go out to eat. One, one on. moment. Oh, he's getting a call. Yeah. Hey, Mark. Hey, listen. Okay, well, listen, I'm driving to Vegas right now, and I'm in the middle of being interviewed for a podcast. So, you want to call me back in about an hour? Okay, right, Who's that? Uh, my guy from Verizon. Oh. He's coming to the show. I'm incapable of sitting next to Spiegler while he gets a phone call and not asking who's that. Yeah. Do all of us do that? Mm, no. I noticed that Jesse does it. Jesse's just curious about everything. Yeah. So, I guess it's just us. So, um, yeah, so whenever we go out to eat or anything and you bring, like, food home or if you go to wherever, wherever and you bring food home and I try to put it in the fridge, you always, always tell me not to put it in the fridge. And if I do put it in the fridge, you're like, who put this in the fridge? And you, like, throw kind of a fit about it. So what's up with that? Well, because I want it to be room temperature or, or 
you know, when I, I want to eat it later. But and sometimes you leave it out for hours and hours. I've left it out for days. Yeah. But I guess maybe you build up a resistance. I got no idea. As long as it doesn't smell bad, I'll eat it. Like, I've seen Chick-fil-A sandwiches sitting on your counter for no joke more than two days. No, when I was in the hospital, I had Chick-fil-A there for two, three days. Yeah. Yeah. But they don't go bad. Mm, yeah. I mean, that's true. So? Then but what's like, the problem? Maybe that says more about the type of food you're eating than anything else. Listen, I'm saying it's food. It didn't go bad. It tastes the same. I'll eat it. But there was one year that you left the creamed corn <laughs> yeah, well, from Thanksgiving out too long. No, it was no, it was, was, like no, it was from dinner. Oh. I left the oh, creamed corn Mastro's. out from Mastro's, and I ate that, yeah, the next morning, and, and I got food poisoning. <laughs> but you didn't learn your lesson. No. Did you? I, well, I did. I will not leave creamed corn from Mastro's out again. Okay. But everything else is fair game. And that's it. Yeah. Okay, strange fact about Spieler number three. Oh, passing the show. And this is perhaps my favorite fact about you. I was incapable of listening to you talk about this without laughing for a very long time. I think now I'm like finally used to it. But you started working when you were 12 years old. Yes, and the reason I, I find this so funny is because like if with your personality, it's like the most believable thing in the world. See, I never understand why you think it's so funny. <laughs> it's right? just like, who's working at 12? Me. <laughs> so what, tell us what you did. I started working in a stationary supply company, uh, mailing stuff out when I, you know, in the warehouse when I was 12 to make money. And, uh, you know, you got to make money. Did you not get money. an allowance? I don't, I don't even remember. If I did, it wasn't much. And did you always have this, like, really good work ethic? Yes. Hmm. I, you know, then I went from there to... to Parking car. What did I do? I worked at a gas station, parked cars. Uh, I worked at the Cinerama Dome in Hollywood uh, in the parking lot, you know, like with the little flashlight, you know, waving people. Like a ballet guy? Yeah. No, you wave them into the parking lot. Okay. I got a picture of that, actually. From, I think I've like, seen it. Yeah. With, like, other parking guys. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Okay, what else? And that was it. And then I worked for uh, my cousin at a company called um, the Video Center, which was a the first company that had uh, home VCRs in 1975 to 80, I worked for him. And uh, by then I made like enough money uh, trading stocks with the money that I had been making since I was 12. Um, <laughs> and I and made enough money bank. that I, I could retire and I didn't have to work anymore. So you retired at? Uh, 22. And how did you like get into porn? Well, uh, a guy who grew up with my cousin in New York was a porn director. And, you know, like in the 70s and 80s, and there was a big porn scene still in the 70s and early 80s, maybe, you know, mainly the 70s in New York. And then the guy moved out here, and I'd gone to sets with him before. And then, like, I PA'd for him a few times. Like, production 85, assistant. yeah, 85, And a porn 86. production assistant is, like, not at all a fancy gig. Yeah, it's no, like it's you're like, literally the yeah, baby wipe and lube guy. Right, getting them water and getting you driving the girls to them from the set. And, Moving the cars. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So And back in those days, actually, part of the PA gig is you had to park, because it was illegal to shoot porn even in California. So you'd park your car, like, a block or two away from the shoot, and every time they got done with one uh, videotape, it wasn't, you know, like, they, they got, you know, you'd have to run down the street and hide it in your car in case the police came because they would confiscate all your equipment in the tape. That's so crazy that it was such like an underground It was industry. totally illegal. Back then, you know, you would like meet up at a, at like a Ralph's parking lot with the, the lighting guys and the crew the and then go to the location. You wouldn't even know where the location was until, you know, you, you got there. And, like, but would you say the sets were a lot, like, I don't want to say shadier, but, like, no. a lot less professional back then? Well, like, you know, were the people back, doing drugs? It was, like, kind of like you see in Boogie Nights, because it was, like, a, a smaller group of, it was a smaller group of people who knew each other. And, um... Like, so, how many performers would you well, say? Well, I would say, like, people ask me the difference between the 1980s and now. I go, in the 1980s, there was, like, 100 girls, and 20 of them were stars. And now there's 100 every week, and they all think they're stars. Hmm. But, I mean, there was, like, you know, uh, and also there was, like, a, a central group of guys, too. And 
Back then it was all gone. I mean, it was all features. There was no gonzo porn. It was just features you know, are where there's a script. There's acting and yeah, and it was like a little movie. Gonzo is but just also all back set. then, unlike now, where the talent is paid to show up and do a scene mm-hmm. or do a dialogue day. But back then, you were you, you were hired to do a, a movie, so it could take a day, could take two days, could take three days. So and you would get p- by, paid by the movie rather yeah, than by could, the day or by the scene. You get paid by the day, and. Um, you and know, when did that all change? Or how did I'd that all change? I'd say it changed in the, like, the 90s. And Why? Why did it well, change? Well, you know, it, it started changing on its own organically, and then... Was it, like, the introduction of gonzo-type movies? Yeah, and you show up for a scene. And then also there was... That's when the, the, there became a bunch of agents in the business to represent the talent. Before that, it was just one agent was Jim South. And um, and in the late 90s, actually, I came along, and then other agents started popping up. But in the beginning, you were representing, like, mostly European Yeah, girls. they were all... For, well, so back to how did I get in the business. Mm-hmm. And what, what happened was I was... Uh, the guy was a friend of my cousin's. You know, I would PA for him, and then that was, like, in the 80s. And then back in those days... He also worked in the early 90s as a salesman for a company called Gourmet Video, and he would shoot movies for them also. And in those days, you could shoot a movie and sell it to a company. And it was a bigger deal because there was no digital cameras. You'd have to have a beta cam and a deck and all this stuff. It's so crazy to to me that porn used to be shot on film. Yeah. And And you know what's even crazier to me? That people used to book entire productions with house phones or landlines. Yeah, yeah. And and answering machines. Like, how do you even get in touch with someone? That's so crazy. But, but, um, so, you know, back then you could, you know, it was $100,000 for the camera and the deck. So, you know, we would either get one, you know, or people around the business would have them rent them to you. Or sometimes we'd have to go to a, like a mainstream movie production place and rent them. Mm-hmm. But um, you could, da- in those days, you could shoot a movie in a day or two and then sell it, you know, that had to be broadcast quality and sell it to a big production company. Mm-hmm. And so that's what I, the guy who was directing came to me to borrow money to shoot movies. And I lent him money, shot three movies with him. Which makes you a producer. Right. And then, then another uh, guy who was shooting camera for them, I went up to him and I said, hey, do you want to shoot some movies? And I put up money for him and I put up money for other people and I started producing feature movies and I did like about 96 of them in four years. So how do you make the adjustment from that to agent? Well, what happened was uh, I was doing that and, um, and in those days I would sell my movies. I'd sell it to a, either all of it to one company, mm-hmm. all the rights, or I would sell them just the domestic rights and I'd sell foreign rights country to country to country to people. So one of the guys I used to deal with in France came to AVM with this girl called Lisa Crawford. And um, and, uh, and she was really beautiful, like runway model, beautiful. Big natural boobs, really tall, did everything which was relatively rare at the time. And, everything uh, as in like, like anal, anal and DP, DP and everything. And so he asked if I could help her get work. And I took her around everywhere. And uh, and she got shot by Penthouse and you know a bunch of companies. She was here for two weeks. Then she went back to France. Then she came back for two months. And she made like $56,000 in so those two months. So she was the first Spiegler girl, unofficially. Yeah, uh, not unofficially, yes. And then... And what? Did you just get, like, a taste of the Asian life and, like... Yeah, I mean, what happened was... No, what happened was she went back home and she sent her friends. And then I helped them get work. And then they sent their friends. And to you, like, was that more gratifying than, like, helping someone and watching their career grow? Was that more gratifying yeah, to because, you than, like, producing a be- film? Because also what I was doing is, when I was still producing movies... Back then, it wasn't like they didn't really, you know, they had those one agent, Jim South. Mm-hmm. But it wasn't like now where you would have to go to the agent and book the girl. 
if you wanted a girl, Jim South would give you her phone number and you would call her directly. Okay. So all these girls had my number because I was shooting movies and they'd be calling me up looking for work. And I knew people who were shooting, so I would like... So it happened very organically. Yeah, I set them up with work and this and that with other producers and directors. And from there it just grew Right, and grew so and grew. I kind of knew everybody and... So, so why the, did it become a thing that like like I said like you're known to represent the girls who kind of do it all like I was under the impression when I joined with you that like you wouldn't even might not take me because I don't do anal like how did that did that well also I think that might be organically because most of the European girls do anal because you kind of have to to work like to make a career for yourself in Europe I also always say that you're kind of like the crazy whisperer like I think there's a lot of there's a really specific type of crazy that I think you're very good at dealing with. Um, like, well, how... And, but but then there's also a lot of types of crazy that you just don't deal with. Like, the unreliable one's gone. Right. You but, can, like, well, I, I have noticed that, like, the Christina Roses or, like, you know, the girls that kind of cause a lot of drama. Well, but there's girls that, even though they're nutty, they respect themselves. So they're going to listen to me you know gonna, because you know some girls don't give a fuck like so you, you like know. the like the crazies that still want the best for themselves right i've had like girls that are like really top top girls in the industry mm -hmm. contact me more than once but i know like they flake they just that and i know like they're doing drugs and all that kind of stuff, but i know that they don't care you know they don't care about themselves let alone me so they you know that they're eventually not going to show up or they're going to do something wrong and I don't want to deal with that. Yeah, like, I, I think a lot of times you'll take on someone who's known to be crazy a little bit. Right, And then that you, might be they fixable. actually do really well yeah. when they start working with you. And, and like, it's actually pretty rare that, like, you, a girl is so crazy that you just drop her completely. Like, I, I feel like that doesn't happen. It happens once in a while, but, like, like, Christina Rose, and I'll say, you know, I, I always tell her, we have to keep crazy in the box. <laughs> keep crazy in the box. You gotta keep focused, you know? And a so. lot of the girls, I think, that you represent that are known to be a little bit, like, a little wilder, like, I think they're embraced for that side of them, right? Like, Christina, yeah, and they people know that, love that about they her. They know that we care about them, like, individually, personally. Right. So they'll care about us. Like, they'll, I, I tell them, don't make me look bad and don't give me shit to worry about. And, and as long as, you know, they know we, we're there for them. And, like, they also know, besides just in general, they know, like, these girls call me up. I mean, even with personal stuff, you know, 3 in the morning or whatever. Speaking of Christina Rose, I remember one time she was nominated for a bunch of avian awards and then they took her off one of her nominations off and she called me up at like 12 30 in the morning crying about it and 1 30 in the morning crying and this it was and for slut women but they know yeah. that we're there for them so they're there for us and if the girl if i think they don't give a fuck about us i'm not going to care about them either they're, I think they're done to me that's what separates spiegler girls from the other agencies like you so you don't actually have a binding contract between you and the performer. You Correct. and your clients. Correct. I think maybe the only, we're definitely the only major but agent. But we all very right. much act as if we're under contracts with you. Right. And we're, we're the loyal only one that has you. no contract with the girls and our models are free to leave any time. And I think we are on our best behavior and we are faithful to our contracts and loyal because we want to continue working with it's you. It's a compact, not a contract. Right. It's a yeah. partnership, if you yeah, will. Yeah, it's a compact. It's like an unspoken agreement. What makes you the most proud as an agent? Like, is it when we win awards? No, when the girls do good. Okay, when they win awards, yeah. But more is like when the girls are successful even beyond, either after or beyond porn. Like you are, Jesse, you know, a lot of the girls go on like, you know, they, they, they listen because also a lot of them, I tell them from the beginning, you know, especially if they're young, you know, you got two choices here. You can make a career out of make a bunch of money and make the rest of your life easier. Not easy, but easier because money will make it. Or you can end up like most of the girls in porn, you know, 40 years old working at Denny's wondering what the fuck happened. What percentage of the girls would you say walk away from this industry with something to show for it? From the whole industry? Yeah. Less than 10%. Okay. I mean, also, it's like that in any, right? you know, business. Some people, ex you know, acting or whatever. Some people succeed. There's a... There's a Especially the, in freelance, right? Which is, like, kind of what we are. But no, but even, like, working for, like, 
computer programming and this and that, there's going to be like a small percentage at the top that succeeds and will go on to do that and other things really well. And then the other ones that just hump their whole lives and, you know, just get by. Would you say that your favorite part of the job is like that, like seeing a girl do well or like what is your favorite part of the job? Well, my favorite part of the job is the going money. to bed at night when I'm, <laughs> I'm done with the day, <laughs> which doesn't happen until around one. And that's the other thing is I usually I'm on the phone from like seven, eight in the morning till like at least midnight every day. I actually got to see a little bit of that. So Spiegler Girls is basically it's run by Mark Spiegler, you, and then you have one employee. No, he's, he's an independent contractor. Oh, he's an independent contractor. Yeah. I apologize. But he's George, and George went on vacation one year. Um, that was his first vacation pretty much ever because George likes to work too. Well, George and gets vacations. It's just, I, yeah, it's called his life. Yes. But I, um, I took George's place for two weeks a couple years ago, and that's like I got to drive the girls around, and like I got kind of a taste of what it's like to be part of like the Spiegler girls on the other end. And... Yeah, like, your job is, you're pretty much on call all day long. Yes, I am. And you have to deal with a lot of bullshit every day. What's your least favorite part of the job? Well, here's the thing. I, you know, I, people call me, I book girls, you know, and then I got to get them all the info and this and that. But I'd say, and not joking, oh, speaking oh, of George. Oh, George. You're on speakerphone and I'm doing a podcast. Where are you at? Uh, I am, because we stopped because Oz had to pee and so did Angela. But um, hang on, I'm trying to see what the next exit is. I don't see anything. Where well, are I'm you? I'm like a long stretch with no sign. Hang on, where are you? I, I'm getting off of Barstow right now. We're okay, we're about like uh, 10, 10 miles from Barstow. Okay, yeah, this is where we usually get off. I don't know if you guys are going to keep going or not, but we'll just let you know we're getting off. Okay. Um, should we keep going? Just I don't have to pee or anything. Right. And I don't think Angela does either. Right. All right. Okay. Uh, so what were we saying? Oh, about George. What were we saying? We were just saying that I took his job for two oh, weeks. Oh, yeah. Because like, oh, no, you said, you said about my, oh, that's hung up. You said what was oh, my okay. least favorite part of it? Yeah, what's your least favorite part? Okay, of the job? because we're no bragging, but because we're really good, we end up fixing a lot of stuff for other people. Girls don't show up, not ours. Um, people didn't get tested. Uh, this part, oh, this girl, like I have a girl booked for this day, but some other girl can only work on such a. So they're always calling me up to fix stuff, or do I know this, or can I get that done, and. We're also, a lot of our job is fixing other people's screw-ups or other agents, like, forgot to tell their girl, you know, to be on set or, you know, and something gets canceled, which is, like, due to no fault of our owner or our, our models. So the least favorite part of your job is fixing other people's Right, shit. having to deal with crap that is, you know, not so brought on by else, my, own pro my own fault. If everyone else had their shit together, It would make my would, life a lot easier. Right. But of course, our girls would work less. Right. We're, we're definitely known, and I'm also not just saying this to brag or, like, to be, like, because I'm a Spiegler girl. But it's true. Every, pretty much every director has said at one point or another, I wish I could only hire Spiegler girls because we, they know we'll show up. They know we're going to come prepared with a clean test and, you know, um, no, no problems, really. No, we've only had two girls And we're happy to ever. be there. I think that's the main yeah, thing. Yeah, because they like their job. That's part of the problem. We're not the girl part. asking yeah. at the beginning of the day yeah, what how long is this going to take. Like, But we've only had two girls since 1999 not show for a job. That was... And both of them were off the site before they could come up with an excuse. Yeah. So, there you go. What's the craziest thing you ever saw as a porn agent? Well saw her. I mean crazy I, I had one girl what's the craziest saw. thing you've dealt with well I had a girl flip her car over on the way to a shoot this was before cell phones flipped it over on the freeway and she went to a phone and called me and said I'll take a taxi to work <laughs> <laughs> I and, mean, and she did I mean I I got into a car accident um, 
one time, and I think I took an Uber Listen, to work. Listen, I, I had Alina Lee get into a bunch of them. She rear-ended a I'm pregnant lady. I'm noticing a pattern the, here. She, huh? Asians. Well, but she <laughs> she rear-ended a, a pregnant lady on the freeway, and while the lady was being taken to the hospital, she's like, "Oh, I gotta go to work," <laughs> and she left. <laughs> um, Alina Lee, I miss that girl. Anyway. Um, what's like the most important piece of advice you would give a girl looking to get into the industry? Wait, to, to, to what? What's the most important piece of advice you would give a girl getting into the industry? I, well, if a young, like 18, 19 year old girl first contacts me, the first thing I tell them is maybe it is not for you. Why? Um, you know, it's not all upside. There's a lot of downside. You know, you're going to. People will find out, your relatives and this and that will find out what you're doing, even if they don't own a computer mm -hmm. in this day and age. Um, it's not glamorous all the time. You're going to be working with guys and girls that you don't find attractive, mm -hmm. that are smelly, have bad breath, mm -hmm. bad hygiene. Um, and also at some point, you will get an STD. Mm -hmm. You'll get, you know, the, the chances are you'll probably get gonorrhea at some point. You know, get... I've never had gonorrhea. Ugh. Isn't that crazy? Oh, actually, that's a lie. Never mind. Okay, I'm right. just gonna. You'll probably get chlamydia. I actually got gonorrhea before I got into oh, porn, yeah. but, but I haven't gotten it in porn, which is crazy to me. But I've gotten chlamydia. And and you and, you, uh, you and know, I think everyone should get into the industry thinking like you might get herpes. Yeah, no, the, the general population's got like 30 to 40 percent herpes, and porn it's like about 60 percent. Yeah, but, so you, you know, have to so, like have that mentality. So I tell people that, and there's you know, there's always the possibility of getting you know HIV. Though nobody in a straight set has gotten one, you know, gotten HIV since I think 2000. So um, almost so, 20 years. Or 2004. Um, 2004. That's like not really a bad track. No, record. no, I mean, but it's still our testing system is really still good. Still should be in the back of your mind. Right. Yeah, that, that's a possibility. Just like if you're signing up to be like a pilot, you might crash. And then also when girls are like working, like, and then they start working and they start making all this money and they start spending it. And besides the fact that you should be saving it, I always tell them like, keep in the back of mind, you could get in a car accident next week, break your leg. And then what are you going to do for like two months? You mm -hmm. know, you're going to have to live, you know, you don't have any money put away. A lot of them just spend it as they make it. Right. And, and, uh. Unlike uh, Asa Kira, who opened two bank accounts and split each check into two when she started, which I, I tell people, one one to spend you know money out of, and the other one to save money and pay your taxes out of. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's, that's a great idea. Yeah, thank you. I have like seven bank accounts now because I have so many different. I like to compartmentalize. Um, okay, so let's talk about AVN. So. It's not totally uncommon that someone gets fired during AVN. And I say fired because, like, it's not well, technically not a fired. firing. Well, we're not fired. It's like we can't fire because we... It's the dissolving of a partnership. Well, we, yeah, because we work for the girls. Right. We technically, quit. right. I've so said that quit. before. I quit. I've heard you say that many yeah. a time, actually. Or, or, that I was or I've to. also heard you say, blah, 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 blah. If this doesn't change, I'm done. Yeah. <laughs> so, um... Is anyone like at risk of getting quit yes. on this year? Do I know who? No. <laughs> do you think, do you predict that by the end of this trip, so that's in seven days, someone will get quit on? That's a good possibility. I'll never forget the year, and I think we can talk about this. I'll edit this out if you don't want me to talk about it, but like I remember the year Abella Danger won Best New Starlet. We all thought she was going to win Best New Starlet. So, like, we knew she was going to do really well. She had been mean, on this Are you talking great... about the years that she lost her ticket three times? <laughs> just getting from the hotel room to the to the awards? <laughs> yes, probably. And, like, the thing is, Abella is known to be a little bit of a hurricane, right? Or a little bit of a mess sometimes. She's very dramatic. She finds herself in these, like, really crazy dramatic situations. But she's so lovable despite it or maybe for it I don't even know but like that year I remember me and George actually took a bet on whether or not she was going to last through AVN and I forget who bet what but like we kind of didn't think she was going to make it through AVN despite winning best new starlet and everything 
like we were like ah oh, this is probably when she's gonna get dropped but the important thing is that the girls know it doesn't matter how big they are they could be gone tomorrow right so like even though she was best new starlet even though she's like probably like the hottest new thing in porn we thought like she might get quit on so but yeah it's it keeps us humble i think keeps them in line yeah what, what would get someone fired during avn or i shouldn't say fired quit on uh, not showing up for signing. Mm-hmm. Uh, not being able to get a hold of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, that those are my two worst fears. And does that pretty much happen every year, or no, not been? too much? Because we got some other like little whirlwinds working this year. Hmm. What's the craziest thing that's ever happened at an AVN? Uh, Christina Rose got arrested. Yeah, and, and you I had, had to, to bail, bail her out. out. I remember Which, that. Which, by the way, we don't do that anymore. Oh, okay. <laughs> Spiegler so. girls, bail is not included. <laughs> Warning to all you Spiegler girls yes. out there. Future Spiegler girls. Also, I remember the year Jules Ventura, like, broke a that slot was, machine. That was the same year. She, 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 well, somebody was bothering her and she threw a chair at him and broke a slot machine. And they used the facial recognition to track her down to her hotel, which was a different place. And brought her in and told her she had to pay 15000 for the slot machine on the spot or, or go to jail. One thing is for sure, whether it's a Spiegler girl or not or whatever, someone always gets arrested. Someone is always taken to the hospital. Someone always gets kicked out of the hotel. Like some dramatic things happen when the entire porn industry is inside of one hotel. That's for sure. Yeah. I wonder who it's going to be this year. Do you have any predictions? Uh, hopefully say? none of ours. Hopefully none of ours. Speaking of ours, the last six out of seven female performers of the year were Spiegler girls, including myself. No, no bragging, but kind of bragging. So, I mean, does that make you proud? Yeah. We've, we, as a matter of fact, the, the proud moment was when all the other agents accused us of fixing the awards that is pretty flattering yes but last year adriana chechik won who's an la direct girl so people who no deserved longer say it that. she totally deserved it i said from the very beginning of that trip i think she's gonna win do you want to talk about who we think is gonna win this year no i don't want to jinx it okay well i don't want to jinx it either but i'm just gonna say my prediction and i think you agree let's just say she's australian <laughs> Can we just say that much? Okay. And let's knock on wood just in case. Knock on your head, please. Please. Knock on your okay, head. Okay, here, wait, we got real wood. Oh, we have real wood yeah. in this very fancy car. So, um, there's that. And then, who do you think is going to win Starlet? We kind of don't care as much about Starlet, I feel like. No, as a matter of fact, I don't I have know. that many new girls usually. No, I mean, I don't think it's going to be one of ours. I honestly don't know who it's going to be this year. I think it's that, hang on. I, I have a prediction. Uh, Did you write uh, it down in your notes? No, I got to look up the list of uh, avian. What is it? Uh, awards. What the nominations? Yeah. I mean, like, I I don't know. Like, maybe it's because I was a little bit less in touch with the industry this year, being like I living in New York. I, I think but I feel like I haven't heard of anyone that groundbreaking and new. Like, Kimmy Granger, to me, is, like, still the hottest new thing. And, like, she was nominated last year. And then, like... In half a mile, keep left I mean, Lana Rhodes is still new, but she was also I last think it's year. That, I think it's Kristen Scott is her name or something. Never heard that name. Yeah. Like, I don't even know who that is. Uh, that's my front runner. Okay. All right, so now we're entering a segment called Let's Talk About Me. And it's about... Me. It's where we're going to talk about me, because we've been talking about you for a while. Okay. So, it's my favorite part of the show. Of course. Obviously. And, um, okay, so I want to talk about my divorce. So, okay. as a lot of people know already, I'm currently going through a divorce. I have been for, like, uh, maybe the last six, seven months. I haven't really talked about it that in-depth, like, publicly yet, but I think I'm ready to start. Like, this is the first time I'm really, really talking about it. Um, so, a little brief history. I was married to, technically still married, to Tony Rebus, who's a fellow porn star, director, producer, 
you've actually known Tony lo for longer than I have. Almost 20 years. And, um, yeah, we actually, we met in a double penetration scene. It was my first double penetration scene. Um, That's romance. That is romance. There was another guy in my asshole when I met my future husband. Um, and it, that was Eric Everhard. And I... And I Tony him, overcame that obstacle. <laughs> <laughs> and he, just at the end of the scene, I don't know, I felt like we had some kind of connection. Because he was the one in the front. <laughs> yeah, because he was the one on top of The other guy was behind me. Yeah. That was the problem. If, if, if it were reversed, it would be me yeah, divorcing you, Eric Everhard right now. Um, so, you know, I, in, in porn, um, a common way to ask someone to hang out is you ask them if they shoot content meaning do you shoot for your own website do you want to do a content exchange like I'll perform with you for free you perform with me for free and let's either shoot two scenes or share the rights to that one scene so that's how it started happening and then before I knew it we got married um, he we were a real couple for sure we were definitely in love um, but I don't think we would have gotten married quite so quickly if it weren't for like his he, he's from Spain, so his green card situation, his visa was expiring, um, and I wanted him to stay in the country, so we got married. Um, we've been married for four years, and over the years, um, we kind of really grew apart. Like, I um, took this job at Barstool, and before that, I was traveling for two years because of feature dancing, so I was gone like every other weekend, and like, all that distance we just kind of grew apart and then Tony got this new gig at Brazzers which I'm so happy for him but um, you know that took a lot of his time and we just kind of like grew apart so what I want to ask you Spiegler is like I think you saw that coming oh yes at what point did you think we would get divorced when I got married well I made no 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 but but when you were going to move to New York to work that's when you were like, this is done. Yeah, because, uh, oh, one moment. Funny. Yo. Where were you thinking of stopping just so I could tell Jason and Renee? Maybe in Baker, but I'm in, still in the middle of this podcast. Um, okay. But, or do you want to just go straight through? I'll leave it up to you. I'll leave that up to you. I'll tell you when I see Baker how far we are in the podcast. Okay. We okay. can also take a break. Okay. Right. What? Okay, anyway. Go ahead. Okay, so when... Um... So when I, I took the job at Barstool Sports, I basically... The plan was to be in New York for two weeks, in L.A. for two weeks, New York two weeks, L.A. two weeks. And instead of getting a hotel or living with my parents or even renting an apartment, I decided to invest in an apartment in Brooklyn, two blocks away from my parents, and I got a place there. So that's, like, kind of a sign, right? Well, that no, like... but we... I had a bet with somebody else before you got the, the apartment. Okay, and the bet was... That uh, we both had a bet. How long till you get the? Uh, how long till you stop coming back to LA, basically? Okay. And then also, how long till the divorce? Okay. And who won? Uh, Jenny. And what? What did you bet? And what did she? Uh, bet? I bet a year on both. She bet um, eight months. Okay. Yeah. So. She won. Yeah, it was technically under a year, but very close. Right? Yeah. From when we bet. Yeah. In fact, it was probably about eight months. Yes. <laughs> wow. She she really has a knack for these things, I guess. But um, do you think... I mean, obviously, it's kind of like an ongoing joke because it's true that, like, porno marriages tend to not last. I mean, I guess most marriages tend to not last. But, like, what what do you think would make a porno marriage work? Like, I see a few couples that I'm like, they're going to make it. Like, what do you like think? Like, who? Like, um, I mean, I, I almost, like, I don't even know who's out or not out about their relationship. But, like, I think someone you and I both know uh, on the Spiegler Girl roster, I think they'll make it. I'm trying to think when, which one's married. Um, whatever. We'll move on from that. Um, Mark Wood and Francesca Lay, I think they'll make it. Mick okay. and Annika might make it. They That's seem who I thought you were talking about. Who's her? No. But, like, Mick and Annika seem to be on the same page about things. Um, like, what do you think... What's the secret ingredient to a porno marriage? Or are two porn stars just not supposed to get married? 
I think people get married nowadays in general just thinking, ah, if anything happens, I'll get divorced. That is absolutely my mentality. Yeah. And, and I mean, when I was a kid, you know, people, I mean, I'm old. But, you know, when I was a kid, like, being divorced was like a big deal. Now it's like, eh, whatever. Marriage used to mean something. Yeah. Now it's basically just like, I don't know. It's just like a photo op. <laughs> With Elvis. Yeah. I don't know. I don't really know. Okay, I have one more really personal thing to talk about, and then we can move on. It's also about me. Um, it's about my biggest fear. Do you know what it is? Well, what, well, what do you think my biggest fear is? Fear of failure. Oh, my God, that's really deep. Yes. I mean, honestly. No, for real. I've been in therapy for, like, a couple years now, and that's, like, probably the thing I talk about the most. I am super afraid of failure. Because I see it as weak. But I'm working on that. Because it's not weak. It's part of life. And It can be. And things I deem no, as but a failure I mean, aren't necessarily well, failures. Not, I was going to say, not necessarily failure with things that you don't have a, a say in, but failure things that you could, uh, you could get ahead in and don't because of something that you did. Oh, my God. Which that's not going to happen because you, you strive towards... Because of fear of failure, you, you strive towards like doing well and stuff. I didn't expect you to say that, but you really do know me. Yes, I do. Yeah. Okay, so that is my actual. You real complete f- me. You complete me. <laughs> <laughs> that is my actual real fear, but like on a much shallower level, my biggest fear is. Well, I'll just ask you. People Have you forget you? <laughs> okay, let's let's like move away from all this deep shit for a second. <laughs> Let's stop telling people my real fears. Have you ever heard of someone doing so much anal that they need a diaper? No. So that's not a real thing. No, I mean, Bridget Kirkhove did probably, and not exaggerating, 500 anal scenes. And And no diaper? No. Mm. I remember like... That doesn't include being, you know, uh, sodomized by her husband probably twice a night. Right. So remember when I was dating Rocco Reed? Oh, is he using a diaper? He, no, he's not using it. <laughs> he liked to be fucking in the ass with a strap on. And that's not like slander or anything. Like he was pretty open about it. But, um, and he actually ended up doing gay porn. So whatever. Um, but he told me a story when we were together. He told me that Kylie Ireland, who is no, she's like the OG anal queen. He, and he didn't let this be noted. It's important to the story that he did not want me to do anal like in porn he wanted me to like save my asshole for him Mad Greek. I love that place. but I mean it's less than 40 minutes left right yeah well I can't eat on the way there right. anyway um so he told me that Kylie Ireland had done so much anal that she needed to put a tampon in her ass to keep it from leaking he also told you his mother died to get you to come home from a party yes that is also true and he lied about it for a year and a half but anyway back to Kylie he told me that she needed a tampon in her ass and he was like yeah everyone knows that's like common knowledge she talks about it all the time so I started telling people this that oh <sighs> I heard Kylie Ireland needs to put a tampon in her asshole I said it like to a lot of different and did people. she come up to you and tell you you need to put one in well, your mouth no I don't know that it ever got back to her but like <sighs> eventually I said it one time in front of Rocco and he was like wait what that was a joke so I accidentally sprint spread this like terrible rumor about Kylie Ireland who I like and respect very much so this is my public apology to Kylie Ireland I'm very sorry about that anyway okay uh next segment is called ask a porn star where we gather listener questions this podcast is not out yet so we don't have any listeners but I put out a call on social media and today we're gonna make it uh, obviously ask a porno agent not ask a porn star so um Here's a question from, well, we already kind of answered that. Okay, I'm just going to ask you this one. At only underscore James asks, why do so many porn stars smoke? You know what? I don't know, but I think there is a correlation maybe because they're like rule breakers or whatever. But I think Like we're already on the outskirts of society. We're already rebels. I think a, a higher percentage of porn stars smoke than the general public. That is absolutely true, right? And we I'm have talking tattoos. cigarettes. Yeah, cigarettes and weed, even. Well, I don't know, man. I, I'm, I'm one of these people who think pretty much everybody, you know, 
in California smokes weed anyway. Except for you and I. Yes. You and me, I should say. Um, yeah, that's really true. I think like we have, we tend to have tattoos, at least one. I think all the things that are considered like quote unquote unconventional, we have a higher rate of because we're already like unconventional people, right? Yes, and they also have a higher rate of daddy issues, much higher. Okay, I resent that because it's true. I think, and it's my opinion that like, I think everyone has daddy issues. I think even if your dad loves you perfectly well and the perfectly right amount, now your daddy issues that you're like looking for a perfect man and you're never gonna fucking find him. I think we all have daddy issues. Because I think all women are ruled by our paternal relationships and all men are ruled by maternal relationships. No? I don't know. I think uh, there's a high, there's, and you, I bet you like a higher, I don't know for a fact, but I bet a higher percentage of uh, porn stars are raised just by their mother without a father around. Like their actual father. I will say this. I have found that in male performers, like um, male porn stars, they generally tend to, just an observation, they tend to have really strange, unconventional relationships with their mothers. Whether they're like, mothers died when they were young, whether they hate their mothers, maybe they were like extreme mommy's boys. Like, I have noticed that whatever, whatever it is, it's not the norm. And that's something I've really noticed. So I don't know if it's like a love for women, a hate for women. I don't know. But whatever it is, that's what I noticed. Okay. Now, that was Ask a Porn Star or Ask a Porn Agent. Now, this segment is called Pop Shots, where we explore pop culture. Do okay. you like that? Hit me. Came up with it all on my own. Um, so actually, I want to talk about this article I just read about adolescence starting later um let me read you the article hold on i gotta find it first okay this is from the new york post the definition for adolescence is currently between the ages of 10 and 19 which marks the beginning of puberty and the perceived end of biological growth but writing in Lancet Child and Adolescent Health, scientists at the Royal Children's Hospital in Australia argue the timing needs to be changed. Today, the average couple marries for the first time when the groom is 32.5 and the bride is 30.6. That's eight years later than it was in the 1970s. So, like, I feel like you're kind of an expert on young women. Do you agree with that? 24? I think they get married later, yeah, because... I mean, yeah, the marriage thing, but, like, do you think that... Do you Adela- think that at 20, it, like at it, 19, we're considered an adult? I think you should be, yes. Why? Because you you have all the tools you need, basically. Yeah, okay, you could maybe tell me 21, but that'd be it. Because eventually, at some point, you got to take responsibility for yourself and not be like, oh, I didn't know. And then, you know, you if, if you're not forced to grow up, you're not going to grow up. A lot of people. I totally agree with that. But I also think that, like, I don't know, like, I do find myself thinking, like, 18-year-olds. When I see 18-year-olds getting into porn, I think there's, like, there's two kinds of 18-year-olds. The ones that are ready to be getting into porn and the ones who aren't. But, like, obviously, you can't discriminate, like, within 18-year-olds. There's no, like, IQ test to get into porn or, or an EQ test or whatever. So, like, I do think that it would help if we maybe raised the age to 21. I mean, I wouldn't be against that if if that was a law, but they're never going to be able to do that. Like, at 18, I don't think I was ready to get into porn, personally. But see, like, Sasha Gray was ready probably at 15. Exactly. So, and I think the same thing about, like, fucking, even. Like, I think, you know, and you don't have to comment on this because I'm sure, like, whatever, this is, like, a touchy subject, but, like, when I was 15, personally... I was ready to be fucking. When I was 14, I was ready to be fucking. I see a lot of 14-year-olds, you know, when I was growing up or even now or whatever, that are not ready. Like, I think it's such a not like a thing that you can make like an absolute rule on that I guess it's better to just make the absolute rule on the safer side. But like for porn, like I when I was 18, like I don't think I had the courage to say no on a set full of people like 
to be the only one saying, I don't want to put it in my ass today or whatever. You know what I mean? By the way, that's our job. That's why you call us and we'll, we'll right. tell you, that chick's not doing anal today. But, like, even making that phone call, like, at 18, like, it's so much easier to get pressured into doing something that you don't want to do, I think. And also, like, I have tattoos from when I was 18 that I regret. Like, how am I going to make a life decision at that age? So, anyway, that's just, like, a personal thing. Says the person that's still getting more tattoos. Yeah. I hate all of my tattoos, and I still can't stop getting them, so... I guess that's everyone, not just 18-year-olds. But I do think 24 is too old. By the way, you, you still planning on changing your name to Asa Angel? <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I think it's a little too late for me to change oh, yeah. my name at this point. Okay, so this is, we're at the final segment of the day. It is called Inside Porno Actors Studio. So you know the show Inside Actors Studio, obviously, yes. right? Yes. And you know that I love it. And I know that you watch it too. And you know those 10 questions at the very end that James Lipton asked? Go ahead. That were actually from like some French thing, but yeah. you know, we all know them as the Inside Actors Studio questions. So I'm gonna ask you those. And I just want you to give me the answer. The first answer that comes to your mind, don't overthink it. I don't need an explanation or anything. Are you ready or do you wanna answer that text? Go ahead. Okay. One, what is your favorite word? My favorite word? Money. <laughs> what is your least favorite word? I, uh, single word. Yeah. Can't. That's a good one. What turns you on? I can't say in one word. <laughs> uh, oh. One moment. Saved by the bell. That's Kieran. Yes, we have your boxing gloves. Oh, yeah, thank you. Um, no, I'm at the airport now. Can you send me uh, Victoria's ID? She's got a totally different ID with a different name. So she can't get on the flight. Oh, Jesus. Uh, I'll text the ID I have in my phone. Yeah, maybe that'll work, mate. I don't know. Uh... You should have changed the ticket. All right, well. No, we did. That's what they could have done it here, but she's got a totally different ID with a different name on it. What's the name on it? I fucking, I don't know. Are you there with her? Well, yeah, I just walked through, and I said, uh, let me call Speaker, and now if I have to, I'll go back out and find her. All right, well, I'll text you the ID and, that I have, and then let me know. Yeah, I just call her and see my uh, I'm texting you. You're going to go back out, right? Okay. Oh, God. Where's the IDs? Where's her ID? Go ahead. Okay. What turn? You mean uh, like? What turns you on? In terms of like a girl? Or anything. It can be like creatively, emotionally, sexually. Like uh, what turns you on? Smarts. What turns you off? Dumb. What is your favorite curse word? Probably fuck. What sound or noise do you love? Ugh. <laughs> that? Yes. I love that noise too. Ugh. <laughs> Ugh. That's a habit I picked up from you. Yeah. Saying that all the time. What sound or noise do you hate? <laughs> that. Yeah. Yo. Oh, that's her. What? Hello, Papi. Yeah, what's up? Hey, 
No, no, but, oh, you, oh, you Are you sucking. fucking kidding me? We're in the middle of a fucking uh, podcast here, pal. Oh, my God, Kieran. If we got into if we got into a car crash because Spiegler was just going through his phone looking for an ID for you, I would be uh, yo, five Kier- minutes each. Forget that. Kieran would be like, fuck it, man. I lost my gloves. <laughs> <laughs> What a motherfucker. Good we're doing this. I didn't have a chance to get too excited about it. (laughs) By the way, are we going to hear that? Leaving the Uh, broadcast. (laughs) Okay. Um, What sound or noise do you hate? Uh, uh, Anything of... Any moment of doubt when somebody's talking. Interesting. Why? Well, it doesn't matter. Um, what profession other than your own would you like to attempt? Hmm. I could try a professional stockbroker. What profession would you not like to attempt? Uh cop oh my god can i just say something go ahead you and dana had the same answer they have a tough job nowadays why 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 she said because like people don't like cops not because they don't like them they have no respect no they don't get paid a lot they got to put up with a lot of shit and it's a nobody's like behind them anymore Mm. i mean some of them abuse their shit but still when even in like the the worst part of the world, if something bad happens, who do they who, who are they calling? The cops. Right. Okay. And the final question is: Is he, if heaven if exists? Hold on. If heaven exists, what would you like to hear God say when you arrive at the pearly gates? Uh, that like you did a good job taking care of people. You know, cause, I'm gonna cry. Because no, I mean honestly, I always think, you know. Some of these girls are like retards, but we still have their lives in our hand, you know, their, li- their livelihoods and, and possibly their lives. I'm so, so you got to think of that, that, you know, when when you're telling a girl something like I quit, <laughs> you know, you got to or, or you tell me you got to do this. You got to do that. You have the you know, you're trying to better them. And sometimes they don't even know it, but you do have their their livelihood and possibly their lives in your hand. Well, for what it's worth, I think you did are doing a really good job taking care of We haven't all had of us. one die yet. It's true. And I probably just jinxed myself. Yeah, knock on wood, knock <laughs> on wood. <laughs> okay, so on that note, thank you so much for being my guest. No do you think, problem. How do you think I did? Okay, I don't think I talked a lot. What are you talking about? You did most of the talking. Okay. Okay, but um, okay, so we'll probably go make a bathroom break and stuff. So um, We're almost there. Thanks, everyone, for listening, and I guess I... Should I promote anything for you? No. Like, we don't even want them to know, like... Listen, nobody contact me about being a Spiegler girl unless you're really hot, really smart, and really serious. And I will say, the other day I was just saying this, like, to be a Spiegler girl, you kind of, like, you almost have to have the mentality of, like, I'm willing to dedicate my life to porn for a couple years. Yeah, it's a career. Yeah. Okay. And so, thanks for listening, everyone. Bye. Bye.